Now on view at SCAD Fash, Manish Aurora's Life is Beautiful. Renowned for dazzling designs and a rainbow of colors, Manish Aurora has brought the talent and craftsmanship of India's rich sartorial history to the global forefront, earning international acclaim on runways across three continents. Designing in India since the 1990s, Aurora's glittering garments celebrate extravagant expressions of self through varied materials, techniques, and silhouettes in a triumphant union of Western and Eastern aesthetics adapted to today's multicultural society with a touch of humor. Find out more at scadfash.org. Support for WABE comes from 100 Miles, a nonprofit committed to preserving Georgia's 100-mile coast. Protecting this critical coastal ecosystem takes all of us. Watch the stories of the innovators and future leaders who help keep our coast flowing at OurGeorgiaCoast.org. W-A-B-E in Atlanta, this is City Lights. I'm Lois Reitzes. Thank you for listening. Whenever Bastian Evans, Kai, and Manoa Newkermans aren't catching waves with their surf team, the three teenagers are rocking out on stages internationally. Their band, The Alive, has performed at... Lollapalooza Chile, Ohana Fest, and this weekend they're performing at Shaky Knees in Atlanta. The California-based musicians join me now via Zoom. Bastian, Kai, and Manoa, welcome to City Lights. Hi, thank you. Thank you. Hello. Great to have you here. I'm curious to know how the band came together. How did you meet? This is Bastian. I met Kai about eight years ago now, eight or nine years ago, when we were in Montecito, where I used to live. And his buddy from school was over at my house, and he happened to play bass right around the time that I started picking up the guitar. And so he knew Kai, and then we got together about a week later and just started jamming. And we actually made our first band that went on for about four or five years. And then that's when that band split up and we wanted to keep playing, me and Kai. So we looked for a singer and bass player. I'd never sung before. And then we saw Manoa as the bass player because they're brothers. So we didn't have to look very far. <laughs> yeah, And then I kind of stepped up as a, as a singer and that's how it kind of formed. So you said maybe eight or nine years ago you first? Yeah, I was... When we were about like seven or, I was like seven years old, Kai I think was eight. What kind of instruments were you playing? I was playing on a really crappy electric guitar, <laughs> but, but it was fun. And then Kai was playing like a, a drum set I'd gotten for Christmas when I was like five years old, Aww. like a really small one. But it was super fun. Like we were just having fun and holding concerts for like all the parents, like having fun inside and that's how it started. And now you're playing on international stages in front of yeah. very large crowds, I might add. Where did the name of your band, The Alive, come from? This is Manoa. I don't know. We all kind of FaceTimed each other one night, and we were kind of like discussing what band names. I think it was Bastion who came up with The Alive or one of Bastion's parents. Does it have any connection to Frankenstein? 
we did a a, a laminate with the Frankenstein actually because a couple people had said that for the shows but um I think mainly it was just that after the first plan split up me and Kai just wanted to keep playing music and we felt ourselves as if we were like we wanted to like stay alive or like just keep keep playing music just for the rest of our lives it's kind of like what we've thought since we were like seven or eight years old so when that split up we definitely wanted to keep playing and then that's kind of how we thought of the band and like the way the band formed it kind of felt right to like name it something like that oh yes Manoa you are 13 you play bass and sing Bastian is 16 you play guitar and sing as well Kai you're the old man 17 the drummer when did each of you become interested in playing your instruments? I mean, you'd already formed a band when you were very young, two of you. Did you start playing, like, as toddlers? This is Kai. I started at eight years old, right before I met Bash, and I had, I think, two drum lessons. And so that helped with getting together, I guess. Manoa, I heard you began playing ukulele why did you stop i kind of felt that bass was kind of like a cooler instrument and it was kind of like a bigger <laughs> instrument and i guess like the string sounded deeper and i thought that sounded pretty cool do you ever go back and pick up the ukulele like two months ago when i really really started getting into music like a lot and it's like kind of my whole life now i kind of found the ukulele in a closet downstairs in my house and I just kind of picked it up again and started playing but like I'm not I was never really good at it so some of your rock influences include Queens of the Stone Age Black Sabbath and Rush to name a few who introduced you to these bands I think for all of us it was definitely parents at least for me but yeah just we we'd grow up like going surfing and skating like in the car and our parents would start playing music and like after a while obviously like we didn't I didn't pay attention the first four or five years I was alive but after a while I started like really listening to what was playing and like kind of got like a connection to especially some of the bands that you listed like Queens of the Stone Age my dad would play all the time in the morning especially on the way to school too that'll wake you up yeah exactly yeah just for me my my mom my dad just like have a really good taste in music in my opinion really stoked about that. <laughs> what do you think it was about those bands that inspired you to pursue this style of music? I mean, you're very original in this way. Probably just that they were like real instruments. I think the new like rap and and hip hop kind of thing. I like some of the music for sure. And I, I listen to it because like most of my friends listen to that for sure. So I'll listen to it all the time. But I never really understood how to recreate that and like creatively recreate that. When we started playing instruments, like obviously you're going to play guitar and you're not going to try to play hip hop on guitar. You're going to try to play, make a rock band, just in my opinion. The way that like the music influences me, it's, it's not like I'm trying to recreate any of the music that I listen to. It's definitely like an influence, but I really want to be like make some new stuff and like stuff that people haven't heard as much before. The Alive's guitarist and vocalist Bastian Evans, drummer Kai Newkermans, and bassist Manoa Newkermans. 
The Rock Trio will perform at Shaky Knees on Saturday, October 23rd. We'll return with more of this conversation in a moment, but first... You are tuned to City Lights on WABE. I'm Lois Reitzes. Thank you for listening. This hour, I'm joined by City Lights senior producer Kim Drobes. And we're taking just a few minutes to share something with you. It's something about your investments. Not just any investment, but the one you can make right now in WABE. That's right. You can invest in local arts news coverage, in-depth interviews, and engaging storytelling in just two minutes, simply by donating to WABE during this fun drive. When you make a gift at wabe.org slash donate, or when you call 678-553-9090, you are investing in not just a service you rely on, but one that thousands of people in Atlanta depend on. Invest in your community right now. Give at wabe.org slash donate. We're trying to stay on track with our hourly goal during City Lights, and your gift right now will really help move that needle. You're listening now because City Lights adds value to your day. When you tune into this show at 11 a.m. or 9 p.m. Monday through Friday, you hear in-depth, engaging stories from local artists and nationally renowned musicians like the band The Alive. But the simple fact is it wouldn't be here unless those who value it help pay for it. So you can do your part and help us keep this our on track with a gift of support right now. It takes about two minutes online at wabe.org slash donate. Or if it's easier for you and you'd like to speak with a friendly voice, make a donation over the phone at 678-553-9090. Thanks. My name is Mike Rundle. I live in Atlanta right off Centennial Olympic Park. I decided to donate to WAB because I realized I had been here a good while and not started donating. I had moved here from Cincinnati where I was a sustaining member at that public radio station. And I finally realized it's time to do it here. I was at home and did it online at my laptop. Thank you, Mike, for joining WABE as a sustainer, and welcome to Atlanta. By supporting WABE, you are already making your new hometown better. And by becoming a sustaining member, you're ensuring that WABE can bring you even more of the programs you love, like City Lights. It's never too late to make a gift of support to WABE. That support will keep this local nonprofit news station putting you, the listener, first. That's why your gift is so crucial right now. Give online at wabe.org slash donate or call 678-553-9090. Call right now and do your part. Thanks. And when you give $10 a month, that will make you a WABE sustainer. And it really is the best way to give. Here's why. That $10 may seem small, 
but it allows us to make future plans more accurately, knowing we've got a commitment from a listener like you. We suggest $10 a month because that's about the amount that seems to work best for most of our listeners. But you know what works best for you financially. We only ask you give as generously as you can at wabe.org slash donate. Your donation not only pays for city lights, but it also helps WABE amplify the voices of Atlanta. And with nearly 84% of all funding coming from the metro Atlanta area, your help is vital to us. So please go to wabe.org slash donate or call 678-553-9090, 678-553-9090. Thank you. It's NPR's 50th anniversary, and to mark this milestone with your gift right now, we'd like to send you the NPR 50th anniversary mug. It's red on the inside and white on the outside and features the NPR 50th anniversary color logo. It's yours right now with a new monthly gift of $10 or a one-time gift of $120. When you give right now, it helps WABE pay for all the programs you love and it also helps us amplify the voices of Atlanta. Please choose this collectible NPR 50th anniversary mug with your gift right now at wabe.org donate or with a call to 678 678- Five five three Thank you. When you're thinking about giving to WABE, we want to let you know that we do welcome one-time gifts as well. While monthly donations allow WABE to plan more accurately for the future, for you a single gift right now may be what is best for you, and we get it. For now, what's important is that you give based on the value that you find here. Please make your first ever donation at wabe.org slash donate. Or you can call 678-553-9090. Thanks. This fundraiser is going well thanks to listeners from all over Metro Atlanta, in and outside the perimeter. But we are not there yet. Your donation matters. Your gift combined with the gifts of thousands of WABE members all over Metro Atlanta, helps us to amplify all the voices of our region, and we rely on you to help make that happen. Your donation allows us to give you the latest arts and culture news in the Atlanta area, so we ask that you please do your part by going to wabe.org slash donate or by calling 678-553-9090. Thanks to all of you who have already contributed. Now we look forward to thanking you.
The field of mental health counseling is growing rapidly, and Richmond Graduate University can equip you with everything you need as a licensed professional counselor while integrating your faith into your clinical practice. Programs are offered in Atlanta, Chattanooga, and online. Apply today at richmont.edu. That's R-I-C-H-M-O-N-T dot E-D-U. You love free, and at Ameris Bank, so do we. That's why we're proud to offer worry-free, hassle-free Ameris Bank free checking. Manage your money your way with convenient access to digital, mobile, and telephone banking, all with no monthly service fee or minimum balance requirements. At Ameris Bank, we're with you. For more information or to open an account, visit our local bankers in person or online at amerisbank.com slash free checking. Other fees such as overdraft fees may apply. Ameris Bank, member FDIC, equal housing lender. This is City Lights on WABE. I'm Lois Reitzes. Thank you for being here. Let's return to my conversation with members of the teenage rock band The Alive, Bastian Evans and Kyant Manoa Newkermans. Here, the trio speaks to the inspiration behind their song and video, Mud, and their deep environmental concerns. It's obviously like a big problem and we need to get our stuff together before like it's too late. Mm. And I want to live on a planet that's like, I guess, free of plastic sort of and not like have any issues about our future. So I'm hoping that we can like solve that issue. And growing up and like so close to the beach, like you can definitely see, like I've seen rocks corroding away just, just that like used to be there for like hundreds of years and plastic all over the place and there's sewage there's been like three new sewage pipelines that like have just popped up like without asking anybody in my hometown so it's just it's just really like detrimental to the to not only like humans but to like the whole like ocean life and I love surfing and it's just so so sad to like have to have to make sure the water quality is like good enough to surf in and it's just yeah I mean talk about being immersed in it, you are literally when you're surfing. Yeah, for like hours at a time, too. Is this music video, is mud a tribute to ocean conservation or sort of a plea for more attention to it? We kind of created it like hoping that it meant something different to everybody. But in our eyes, it was just kind of like a call out to like corporations that don't really take our opinion into consideration. of you to do is you can inspire a whole lot of activism in that way. So the Alive is performing in Atlanta at the Shaky Knees Festival. How do you feel about performing in front of large crowds? It's a little bit scary when I like first 
started performing music on big stages, I was kind of always scared because I was just so used to like being in like small venues and like playing in like a record store or something. But now it's kind of like exciting because it's kind of cool seeing people's faces being happy and everybody just having a good time listening to our music. So yeah, I think it's pretty cool. Me and Kai, actually, one of our first shows as a band, I think it was like our fourth or fifth show, was Dollapalooza Chili. So oh, back wow. then, I do remember being extremely, not like super nervous, but more, more like extremely excited, like ready to try to play music and like have people listen to it. And we were like eight and nine years old at the time. <laughs> but you opened for the Foo Fighters, I read. Yeah, we opened for the Foo Fighters just a few years ago. But I think that time... That time was Kitsapalooza and Chili and Perry Farrell actually jumped on stage for the last song. He, I didn't even know who he was because we were so young. Oh, how do, well, now thinking back on that, how do you feel? Well, so thinking back on then, I do remember being extremely excited. I do remember being like a tad nervous, but now it's more of like, like you just want to keep growing. And instead of like trying to play bigger and bigger shows, which like I, I see a lot of bands trying to do kind of want to show the shows more and more stuff that we got new stuff that we're like starting to make and like our own voice and and like that and for Manoa he pretty much his first show was also uh La Palooza Chili as well because we had played it I think twice and then the band dissolved and then we started the new band and then he was we kind of jumped right into it oh this is so fantastic since you are all still young performers fairly new in the music industry. What advice would you give other young musicians trying to build a career? This is Kai. I would say keep practicing, keep playing your instrument and see where it goes. If you have like other people playing around your area, maybe try and get in touch with them and form your own band. Yeah, it's great to, to be in contact with other bands like locally. It's super fun. And to start playing shows with them, it's just like all fun. And there's like no pressure like at that point. And that's like when you start knowing if you like really want to do that with your life. And just write songs too, because writing is so important these days to like get your music out and like to hear different stuff. Like the population loves hearing different stuff. Yeah, yeah just to have fun in my opinion. Hmm. You have such active lives. How do you balance school, surf team, rehearsals, and touring, performing at concerts? How do you do it all? This is Manoa. I kind of just like after school, I skate for a bit, but not for like too long. And then I go back home and I try to go surfing. And then I'll tell Kai after surfing that, um, we should like practice or we should just like make a new song right now and we'll have some like rough demos or like ideas of what we want. Yeah, but for missing school, it's like a pain, honestly. It's, it's like, it's just, you miss so much like material that you like thought you didn't miss. Like you'll come back and you'll see the stack of papers that you got to do and you're like, oh no. But you do that. Yeah, we'll, we'll do it. I want to go to to college for music like music production and to just get like a deeper understanding into like theory and stuff just like because I love music but I don't know about Kai Kai was trying to say something oh I was gonna say that I feel like I always have to be doing something and that's why it seems like our lives are busy so you all have these very active professional lives 
as performing internationally and the recognition you've received, has that affected your interaction with kids at school, with classmates, or even any of your friends? Not really. I mean, I kind of have musician friends, and it's kind of just cool because they saw me live, so they kind of talked about that a little bit, but nobody really cares anymore. Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't really change much in, at my school, for sure, because they, I hate to boast about it, but we actually had a show here in Laguna in my town like two weekends ago, and that was super fun, and my a bunch of kids from my school went, and that was like the first time that like I connected with them musically, but other than that, it kind of like just went right back to normal, and, and yeah. Well, a lot of people came up to me at school like the days after we played shows, like Bottle Rock but then it's slowly drifting back to normal. Yeah, exactly. Well, I got to say, you three really are an inspiration for people even beyond music. This has been fantastic. And we look forward to hearing you at Shaky Knees. Bastian Evans, Kai and Manoa Newkerman, thank you so much for joining me. Yeah, thank you for having us, too. Thank you. Thank you for having us on. Be alive. Bastian Evans, Kai Newkermans, and Manoa Newkermans. The Teenage Rock Trio is playing the Shaky Knees Festival this Saturday. And more information is available on our website, wabe.org slash citylights. Coming up, we'll listen back to a bit of my interview with the stars of Judas and the Black Messiah, Daniel Kaluuya and Lakeith Stanfield. First... You're tuned to City Lights on WABE. I'm Lois Reitzes. Thank you for listening. We're taking just a few minutes right now to let you in on a secret. Okay, it's not a secret, but we do want you to know how important you are. Here in Atlanta, member support makes up 84% of our funding. That's amazing. It shows how important this station is to this community and how important this community is to the station. And in just a few minutes, you can be a part of that 84% as well. You can become WABE's newest proud supporter by making a donation. Here's the newest member of our City Lights team, our senior producer, Kim Droves. Oh, hi, Lois. And can I just take a second to say thank you for welcoming me so much? This feels like a family here. And I want you guys to feel like WABE family, too. It is so easy to become a member. It only takes a couple of minutes to do it at either wabe.org slash donate or by calling 678-553-9090. I'd recommend becoming a monthly sustaining member at $10 a month, and here's why. 
It's easy for you because you can set it up once and you know your support is always constant and you can change it anytime. It's easy for us because we'll know that we have a solid financial base to build on. Frankly, it's a win-win. Please take a moment to give now at wabe.org slash donate or pick up the phone 678-553-9090. Hi there, I'm Scott Simon with Weekend Edition. NPR is celebrating her 50th anniversary this year, and part of that milestone is because of listeners in Atlanta like you. Here's why. When you make a donation to WABE during a fundraiser like this one, we use your money to try to tell important stories, create great programs, and to seek the truth. Donations in the past have gotten us here, and your donation right now can move us into the future. So please give. Takes just a few minutes at wabe.org slash donate, or you can call 678-553-9090. Thank you. Or since you're in Atlanta, thank you all. And thanks to Scott Simon for all of his work for NPR over these last 50 years, starting off in Chicago in the very early days, moving to NPR, becoming a war correspondent, and now as host of Weekend Edition. Just like Scott, I too am a Chicagoan, but I've made Atlanta my home for the past 44 years, and I've made WABE my work home for the last 42 years. Please donate and continue to make WABE a home for all who listen to this station by donating right now. And as Scott Simon said, help us move into the future. Please play a part. Just give for the reasons you listen at wabe.org slash donate or with a call to 678-553-9090. Thank you. How about starting your membership with a sustaining gift of $10 a month? When you sign up as a monthly sustaining donor, that $10 helps pay for every reason you listen to 90.1. That's the shows you love, like City Lights and Closer Look, that tell powerful, insightful stories every day. And your sustaining gift helps us to continue to amplify the voices of Atlanta long after this funding drive is over. The amount you give is really up to you. Only you know what you can afford. But here's a fact. We rely heavily on Atlanta for support, not on subsidies or state funding. In fact, 84% of our funding comes from Metro Atlanta. That's listeners just like you. Please give generously as you can at wabe.org slash donate or call 678-553-9090. My name is Donna Court, and I live in Marietta, Georgia. So why am I a Cornerstone member? Because I believe that my money matters there. So the Cornerstone program is giving either $100 per month or a total of $1,200 per year, getting information, trustworthy information, as opposed to opinions, is very important. And 
public radio is the perfect vehicle to do that in. Thank you, Donna, for Marietta, and thank you for being a Cornerstone member. Your money does matter here. Your contributions allow us to create concerts such as City Lights Live at Georgia Tech or have conversations with celebrated actors like Daniel Kaluuya and Lakeith Stanfield. Your donations directly support the accurate, in-depth arts and culture news you rely on. And a cornerstone gift helps make that support go even further. Please consider becoming a Cornerstone member today for $100 or more a month. You can find out the details online at wabe.org slash donate, or by calling 678-553-9090. Thank you. Okay, folks, I cannot stress this enough. Now is the time to make a donation to WABE. Please don't wait. You're thinking about it now, so donate now. We know you rely on us to always be there for you, and now we're relying on you. It only takes a couple of minutes at wabe.org slash donate or give us a call 678-553-9090. Thanks. This is City Lights on WABE. I'm Lois Reitzes. Thank you for being here. The movie Judas and the Black Messiah tells the story of Bill O'Neill, a black man faced with two options, go to jail for several years for stealing a car and impersonating a cop, or infiltrate the Black Panther Party for the FBI. He's given the assignment to gather any intelligence on Chairman Fred Hampton, the dynamic leader of the Illinois chapter of the Black Panther Party. When the movie premiered earlier this year, I spoke with the award-winning actors Daniel Kaluuya, who portrays Hampton, and Lakeith Stanfield, who portrays O'Neill. Our conversation over Zoom began with a comparison to another film the two starred in together, Get Out, which was essentially a horror film. And now, having seen Judas and the Black Messiah, I was eager to hear which was more terrifying, the plot of Get Out or J. Edgar Hoover. That's a good question. I think those two things go hand in hand. No kidding. Because of Get Out, that's why people can be like J. Edgar Hoover. (laughs) And that's why they can create situations where young Black men are destroyed and young Black people are destroyed by their insecurities because they're in the sunken place. (laughs) So I think they they honestly go hand in hand together. You know, and the, the terrifying part about it to me is the fact that so many people that have their hands and uh, things that cause those situations to be the way they are don't realize that they actually are occupied. They don't understand that they're brainwashed. Like, that's the issue. 
I think um, I think what black people go through in, in the Western society is absolutely horrifying. And I feel anyone that enforces that, you know, people that instigate horror. He, he was a monster. Oh, but Lois, what's scarier? He's a human being. Oh, no, he wasn't. Oh, no, 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 <laughs> Lois, he's a human being. That's what's scary. It's like, it's kind of going, he's a human being can do monstrous things. And when we understand that and understand, then we can deal with it. You know what I'm saying? If we other them, then we're just going, oh, there's a monster. That's not so like, you no, know, there's a Edgar Hoover's out there. He's out there. He's, he's, a, he's a man. It's a man with an agenda. You know what I'm saying? And with fear, with fear, with deep fear. And it's just understanding that with, with, if you don't deal with your fear, people will be hurt, you know, and, um, and people will suffer. And there's generations of black people that have suffered as a result, not of monsters' behaviors, as a result of white fear. Well, speaking of humanity, Bill O'Neill is an FBI informant sent to infiltrate the Black Panther Party. Did he have any choice but to inform? Well, we always have choices, don't we? But apparently his choices were bad either way. It was uh, you infiltrate a group that you know nothing about or you go to jail or prison for uh, impersonating an officer for several years. So, you know, I think that he must have thought that, you know, he didn't know much about the Black Panthers at first, which is told in the long form interview that he, that he talks about. And so he, and he wasn't really politically aligned with the movement either. He was just like, don't really care. Just want to get some money by any means necessary want some power, and that was his position. Although I think that my position probably would have been inclined personally to be more to fighting a revolution since there was so much injustice going on at the time. But that's what that's his position. And part of the, what the movie wants to explore is the dangers of being apolitical in moments like this. But as you portray him, he undergoes a huge transformation. You portray Bill O'Neill as an anguished man. And I was wondering how you achieved that emotionally tortured experience that you convey. It was clear to me after understanding the crazy way in which he died, which was killing himself by running into oncoming traffic in the expressway. Uh -huh. And after, you know, listening to his interview in depth about how he talked about how he felt bad about what he did, but he had to do it anyway. And, you know, how he struggled with not being able to come up with negative information about Chairman Fred Hampton, who he admired, actually. And uh, so I knew that he was doing a lot of the things that he was doing under direct direction from the FBI that he said for reasons, you know, he had to that he didn't really want to express. He had to continue to play the role. So I wanted to give that level of humanity and eternal struggle that he must have been going through, and at least in my interpretation at the time, to be, able, to be able to pull this stuff out. I think maybe even when he was going through them, he might not even have known he was going through those things. But I thought that it was kind of important to, to illustrate, uh, to give nuance and also provide context. And that being more people are like William O'Neill than they are like Chairman Fred Hampton. And if you can connect to that idea, then you maybe see yourself in Bill O'Neill then you can maybe see the ways in which you might be contributing to the war, the war mm. on uh, freedom and black people. Daniel, your interpretation of Fred Hampton in this movie conveys a gentle person, a sweetness, which isn't 
the first thing one associates with a gun-toting revolutionary. Would you talk about bringing out the vulnerability and the softer nature of Fred Hampton? Again, Lois, he's a human being, you know, and someone that deeply loves their community and deeply loves their own and deeply loves himself. When you're in, in your bed with your woman, you know, you're a man that's in the bed with, with your woman. You know, and it's, it was so important to show that side in this narrative to, to so that the public can see who was assassinated, you know, to see it from his perspective, to see it from the Black Panthers' perspective, not from the establishment saying that this is a terrorist organization or that it was, they were gun toting revolutionaries and they were carrying guns because it's legal to carry guns in America, you know, it, it was, and then they were protecting themselves. They were protecting themselves and protecting uh. their own. Well, the film brings out so much of the good that they were trying to do, combating hunger, providing better education, health care they wanted for their community. Chairman Fred's ideology inspired the Black Panthers to give back to the community. And in contrast, we see how the... FBI Special Agent Roy Mitchell compares the Black Panther Party to the Ku Klux Klan, saying they're the same. They just incite violence on different sides. What What are your thoughts about that comparison? I think it's a window into how a lot of um, white people think about the Black Panther Party and white people think about Black people who love themselves is that if you take care of yourself and take care of your own, it's taken in a way that you are, they, they take it personally in a sense that it's an attack against them because of how they see you, you know? And so, and I think it was incredible, it was so important within this film to show a window into that perspective, to show it, to kind of go, this is what they think and this is what they did, you know? How can you compare, compare the Ku Klux Klan to these people who um, did so much good for their community? And it's just to show it and go, you, you, you figure it out, you know. The title of the movie, Judas and the Black Messiah, points to Bill O'Neill being compared to Judas from the Bible, the disciple who betrayed Jesus and gave him over to the Roman soldiers to be killed. How are these scenarios comparable? It's a metaphor, huh? A lot of stories in the Bible, in my opinion, are metaphors for things we experience. I mean, if you ever read the story of Judas, you realize that, yeah, he was, was a disciple and someone that was close to Jesus and then ended up betraying him, giving him over to the powers that be. It's really similar to what this story was. Um, William O'Neill got really close and became security captain of the chapter and then ended up supplying floor plans to the FBI, or which would be synonymous with the Romans. The movie is terrifying and how much the story feels appropriate to this moment, to our reckoning with racial injustice, particularly over the last year. With the brutality of the Chicago police scenes conveyed in this film and, of course, the unconscionable actions of the FBI, were you thinking about Black Lives Matter? I mean, I'm black, so 
I've always been thinking about my life and how it relates to um, the, the powers of being and structures. And I always have seen it as unfair throughout history and uh, seen it as some cowardice in terms of the people in positions of power. But the movement itself to me wasn't really nothing new. I mean, this is what we've been saying for all our lives is that, you know, can y'all please get the hell up off of us? <laughs> you know, like we just human beings like everybody else. And if you leave us alone, uh, as you can see, you know, we, we, we do some great things, but you know, everybody always got to be in our business and, and uh, messing with us and, and antagonizing us for some reason. So no, it was nothing new though. You know, it's just a, uh, and, and that's a shame because we shouldn't have to all these years later still be saying the same thing we've been saying. But a lot of the government, they still be on the same stuff. You think they changed since then? You know? Well, at least Hoover's gone. <laughs> There's a little, you know, good positive. Award-winning actor Lakeith Stanfield and Daniel Kaluuya. He won the 2021 Oscar for Best Actor with his portrayal of Fred Hampton in the film Judas and the Black Messiah. The movie is streaming now on Hulu, HBO Max, and Amazon Prime. You can hear that interview in its entirety on our website, wabe.org slash citylights. You are tuned to City Lights on WABE. I'm Lois Reitzes, and we are in our fall membership drive. You appreciate the quality programming you hear on WABE all the time, no matter when you listen. That's our gift to you and Metro Atlanta. We ask for your gift because it helps pay for programs such as City Lights. We can't do any of this without you. In fact, we rely on Metro Atlanta for 84% of our funding. Please lend a hand to help fund it at wabe.org org slash donate or call 678-553-9090. I'm joined this hour by City Light senior producer Kim Drobes. You've already heard some of her great work. Hello again, Lois. You know, we're so pleased with the support we get here at WABE, not just from our regular monthly, what we call our sustaining donors, but also from those of you that are giving during this campaign. And you guys, you are from all over Metro Atlanta, from Calhoun to Carrollton to Conyers. All of these communities enjoy our arts and culture programming on City Lights. So what about you? Have you taken a moment to do something that you've always said you'd do? That's right. Take a moment right now to simply stop what you're doing and give. You can do so by going to wabe.org slash donate or with a phone call at 678-553-9090. My name is Sam Nums and I live in Lawrenceville. I chose to pledge to WABE because even though I work two jobs and I don't have a lot of money to spend on uh, luxuries, it is something that helps me get through my day, keeps me educated when I talk to other people, and uh, I felt it was worth it. If I could say anything, it would just be, you know, keep on doing what you're doing. Sam from Lawrenceville, thank you for your gift. Okay, Sam's working hard and giving because he feels it's worth it. This service is worth it. It brings so much 
to so many people all across Metro Atlanta. When we program shows on City Lights, we're always looking for the most intriguing, diverse artistic voices to highlight. But we can only do that with your help. Please join Sam and make your gift of support right now. Any and every gift does make a difference. Please give now at wabe.org slash donate. Thank you. You know, a monthly donation to WABE really is the best way to support us. And here's the reason. You don't have to give a lump sum, but a little bit consistently, month to month. And yes, you can change it at any time. Also, for most listeners, $10 a month seems to be the most comfortable amount to give. But only you know what you can afford. And we don't want you going outside your budget. Think about it this way. All of the great, meaningful, and powerful stories you hear on WABE are sustained by you. So please become a new sustaining member and help us continue to amplify Atlanta's voices. Contribute online at wabe.org donate or call us 678-553-9090. And thanks. When you donate to WABE right now, we'd like to send you the NPR 50th Anniversary Commemorative Tote Bag, yours with a gift of $15 a month. It has both a large zippered compartment and a smaller front pocket, and it features the NPR 50th Anniversary color logo. That's with a new gift of $15 a month or a one-time gift of $180. When you donate to WABE, you're helping pay for the programs you appreciate, and you're helping us amplify the voices of Atlanta. Please give now at wabe.org slash donate or phone 678-553-1990. Thank you. My name is Chris Bridges and I live in Marietta, Georgia. Yeah, the reason I decided to increase my gift is because of the importance it is to the the value it presents to our family. Uh, it's extremely valuable to us that we learn something that we have a stake in, uh, so to speak, that we actually pay for and that we feel like this is of value to us. Going forward, that's what we're going to continue to do. Thank you, Chris from Marietta. We all set aside money each month for things we value or things we care about. Chris and his family decided WABE is among those things. How about you? When you become a sustaining member, you do have a stake in what you're listening to. And as time goes on, you may realize that its importance has increased. For just a few additional dollars each month, you'll help WABE provide even greater value for you. You can do that right now at this specific site, wabe.org slash upgrade. That's wabe.org slash upgrade or tell the operator you'd like to upgrade when you call 678-553-9090. Thanks for being a sustaining member. We'd like to thank everyone that's given to WABE so far during our membership drive. Every gift helps us amplify the voices of our community, and that matters now more than ever. So what about you? You appreciate what WABE does for Atlanta, right? 
Well, we'd like to thank you next. Make your gift right now at wabe.org slash donate or with a phone call 678-553-9090. You've been listening to City Lights, our daily exploration of arts and culture. Tomorrow at 11 a.m., we'll revisit one of my favorite conversations from this year, Stephen Satterfield. His Netflix series, High on the Hog, explores how African-American cuisine transformed America. If you missed part of today's show, you could catch up on our website, wabe.org slash citylights. There you'll find our complete archive of interviews, so you can listen to City Lights on your own schedule. City Lights senior producer is Kim Drobes. Summer Evans is our producer, and our engineer is Shelley Canavy. I'm your host, Lois Reitzes, and we want you to connect with City Lights on social media. Share your feedback with us on Facebook at WABE City Lights, or check out our pictures and videos on Instagram, where we are at City Lights underscore Lois Reitzes. And of course, I would love it if you'd follow me on Twitter at L-O-I-S-R-E-I-T-Z-E-S. Thanks for listening to WABE Atlanta's Choice for NPR. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. The world is full of mysteries. Are ghosts real? Is that yogurt expired? Hey, the unknown can be scary. But when you donate to WABE, you know where your money is going. Your gift supports the journalism that keeps you informed and the programs that pull back the curtain on complicated stories. Help us make the world less mysterious. Become a member now. Go online to wabe.org slash donate. And thanks.